This is the Life is Blue Variety Show, the show where we laugh and enjoy life's problems while we're young. Learn to laugh at your problems, because everyone else is, and your host will show you how through a melody of gritty hard truths, along with some well-placed curse words. Viewer discretion's advised. Life is Blue, and I am your host, comedian Chris Blue. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a very interesting week. It's a lot of things that we got to talk about because it's new things on the horizon. Motherfuckers have lost their mind. I mean, it's a lot of stuff that we can get into. Uh, On today's episode, of course, we got to talk about the affirmative action ruling. We're going to take a little detour, kind of, and talk about everything that's going on in Paris. And then we're going to, after the break, we're going to dive into student loan forgiveness and Ron DeSantis. I mean, DeSantis. And then we're going to, you know, tie it all together with a mindful moment and get y'all out of here. But first and foremost, before we even get into any of that, I have to make note of something new that happened in my life. And shout out B-Money. But... Your boy got braids. If you have not seen me recently, your boy has braids, ladies and gentlemen. And for most people, that ain't nothing. But for me, that is a huge deal. This signals that this is the longest my hair has ever been ever in my life. And as a young kid, I always wanted braids. But it never came to fruition simply because I took terrible care of my hair. And I had parents that if if it looked nappy, it was getting cut. So... Hey, man, I have accomplished a new milestone in my personal life. Your boy is braided, and so what? They ain't coming off my neck like that. I got the hot sauces. I don't even care. 
I got the little bow wows, all the jokes, whatever you want to say. But yeah, man, I'm out here with these braids now. Come on now, can't tell me nothing. Long hair don't care. Long hair don't care. Come on, man. Come on, man. But I really hope everyone who's listening to this episode is having a great day so far. Um, because the topics we're going to talk about today is really going to take you through there. It took me through there. Um, it had me feeling all kinds of ways, like on the actual 4th of July. And happy 4th of July to those who give a damn about the 4th of July. And um, and happy, if you don't care about 4th of July, happy 15 days after Juneteenth, I believe. Um, it, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, so there's that. But also, on the, for some reason, on the 4th of July, Sheets took it upon themselves to sell a dollar seventy seven gas, so I had to brave the damn blistering blistering winds and scorching deserts just to get my fair tank of gas. But I did. I it was so damn hot that I had to strip in the car. There were people outside trying to fight over this gas. It was a lot. It was just a lot, ladies and gentlemen. So it has been a very eventful week for your boy so far. But let's get into it, man. Y'all ain't here to talk. Y'all not, y'all not here. To listen to me go on about what the hell happened in my week. You want to hear what's going on in the world and shit like that. But I got you. So you just know I got you. But first and foremost. Whoa, 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 whoa. I can't forget the music bed. Heard what I said. Get it through your head. Can't forget the music bed. Can't forget the music bed. Hey, huh, huh. If you're in your car listening to this, hit that jig one time for him. Whoa, can't forget the music bed, huh, can't forget the music bed, heard what I said, can't forget the bed, yeah, alright, so first things first on the list, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about affirmative action, we're talking about affirmative action, now, um, the long suite of it is that the Supreme Court struck down affirmative action, if you don't really know what affirmative action is, shame on you. But let's get the actual concrete definition of affirmative action. This is basically was put in place years ago to make sure that higher education was diverse for people. It was basically making sure that people took in consideration race consciousness, like that took in consideration those biases and, you know, the fact that people of color and people of other races, not even just black people, have been going through ups and downs, twisting turns all around just to get allowed into college. And affirmative action made sure that you had to actually look at them, right? You had to take that into consideration. You couldn't just allow people of a certain demographic or you couldn't just allow people that basically were just one way. You know what? I'm 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 mulling words. You couldn't just allow white folks to go to your school. You had to allow some of the Rainbow Coalition into your school. You had to allow that. You had to do that. But the Supreme Court said that you don't have to do that no more. Completely making sure that there are zero student diversity or zero pressures on these colleges to have 
more diverse schools. I'm not surprised at this because it's been a very conservative agenda to make sure that diversity and inclusion stopped. This has been an all-out war against it. But most of this, like, a lot of this pisses me off, right? I'm not just going to be real with y'all. A lot of this makes me mad because it's completely out of left field. There's no, there's no reason to do this other than control. And that's basically all this move was. And what, they, what pisses me off so much about it is that everybody, of course, in the highly conservative Supreme Court justices, most of the more conservative Supreme Court justices voted against it. Not surprising. But one Supreme Court justice who voted against it was Mr. Clarence Thomas. Now, again, this is not a political show. We're going to talk about politics, but it is not a political show. So I have no bearing when I say this. I am an independent party. I don't give a damn about Democrat or Republican. Let me say that. But when I say this, I mean this so much. I am just utterly disgusted by this man, Clarence Thomas. Like, I really... I really don't even I really don't even have nothing nice to say about him. Like I have zero nice to say about him. So first, I'm gonna give you, like I mentioned, concrete definition on affirmative action, then we're gonna come back. Affirmative action involves a set of policies and practices within a government organization seeking to include particular groups that were historically discriminated against 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 based on their gender, race, sexuality, creed, nationality, so forth, and so on. It was also known as positive action or positive discrimination. I don't know whoever called it positive discrimination, but there's that. We, so, boom. Concrete definition of affirmative action. Now, Clarence Thomas went on record to say that the only reason that his bigoted black ass was allowed in the school was for affirmative action. He this is something he said. Like this is nothing that I'm pulling out my ass. This is something that he said. Right? So, it's literally the epitome of using a rope to climb up and then burning the rope for everyone else. And I really 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 Amidst all of this, if I had to pick some good, I really like that Justice Kentaji Brown, com- like Kentaji Brown Jackson, commented on this. Like, man, you are really like, you really are ignoring the truth here. And the truth is that marginalized people, people of certain genders, people of certain races, people of certain sexualities, creeds, whatever, have been discriminated against when it comes to colleges and their acceptance. So the fact that we see this, and we don't. And we're trying not to acknowledge that and actually taking steps backwards. It's very scary. It's very scary for people because, again, I tell people this all the time. And I know, Mom, if you're listening to this, I know you don't want me to hear me say this. But it's really hard to be in this country and say I'm going to create a life. You know what I mean? And say I'm going to have someone bring a child into this world because... The further we, the further we go, the further we go back. Like the the more progressive we are, the more we see that shit ain't changing. You see what I'm saying? And I just feel like the way the system is set up is set up so nothing changes basically. 
and you basically you don't even have to be the president. Like you, your president can be one party, but everything that happens during his administration is done by completely different other parties. I feel the same way when 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 um Trump was in office that I do when Biden. They don't even basically the president don't even have much power. It's the Senate. It's the Senate. It is the chief. It is the justices. It is the House of Representatives. It's all. It's everybody but him, or her. Definitely, mostly him, but it could be a her. So it's just, it's just so much. So I'm reading an article right now, about, uh, by the Associated Press. I love the Associated Press. Shout out to them. Uh, it basically says the Supreme Court has sent shockwaves through higher education with a landmark decision that struck down affirmative action. Declaring race cannot be a factor in forcing institutions of higher education to look for new ways to achieve diverse student bodies. The court's conservative majority effectively overturned the cases reaching back 45 years. Let me just pause right there. This was something that was enacted 45 years ago. Talk to your grandparents and some of you, your, your parents, if you have that, or a guardian. I'm pretty sure that if you're my age, affirmative action it's almost the same age as your grandma, your mom, whatever. This is 45 years ago. Reaching back 45 years in invalidating admission plans at Harvard and at the University of North Carolina. Where the hell I'm at? In North Carolina, this is a thing. And I'm not surprised at that, but in North Carolina, this is a thing. The decision, like last year's monumentous abortion ruling that overturned Roe v. Wade, marked the realization of a long-sought conservative legal goal this time finding that race conscious admission plans violate the constitution and a law that applies to colleges that receive federal funding as almost all do those schools will be forced to reshape their admission practices especially top schools that are more likely to consider the race of applicants and then we get into all this other stuff so this is what i was saying about stupid ass uh clarence thomas Justice Thomas, the nation's second ever black justice, who long called for the end of affirmative action, wrote in that decision, he sees the university's admission policies for what they are, rudderless, race-based preferences designed to ensure a particular racial mix in the, inter in the entering classes. Man, I just, I just don't, like... How how can you benefit this from this and then call it rudderless? Like, I don't understand. Like, it's literally, all of this is about power. All of this is about power. But while I'm talking about this, I have to talk about, I have to mention the flip side of the coin. Because now that affirmative action is ended, a civil rights group is challenging legacy admissions. Because, food for thought, if y'all didn't know this, 70% of Harvard's donor-related and legacy studentship, studentship, students are all white. And this is if this was something to make sure everyone had a fair chance to getting in schools, then I would have probably started first at the legacy admissions and then that. But this isn't about making sure everyone has a fair chance. This is making sure that people of a certain nationality excuse me, of a certain nationality, creed, or whatever, don't have that fair chance. This isn't this isn't done to make sure everyone is, is getting a good shake of things. This is done to make sure a certain particular group doesn't get the same opportunities. It's about control, ladies and gentlemen. 
It is about control. The easier, the, the, the quicker we learn this shit, the quicker we will be able to understand a lot of some of the things that happened in politics. But don't worry, I'm going to have a show dedicated to politics to just bring in all of the people, my age included, definitely starting with my age, um, all of those individuals that don't really understand why this is such a big deal, fear not, because your boy is going to talk about that. But in the meantime, between time, let's talk about um, what's going on as far as these legacy admissions. So in another article, a civil rights group is challenging the legacy admissions at Harvard University, saying that the practice discriminates against students of color by giving an unfair boost to the mostly white children of alumni. The practice of giving priority to children of alumni has faced growing pushback in the wake of last week's Supreme Court's decision of ending affirmative action. The NAACP added its weight behind the effort on Monday, asking more than 1,500 colleges and universities to even the playing field in admissions, including by ending legacy admissions. The civil rights complaint was filed Monday by the Lawyers for Civil Rights, a nonprofit based in Boston, on behalf of black and Latino community groups in New England, alleging that Harvard's admissions system violates the Civil Rights Act. I really am interested to see how this case is going to go about. Because if this doesn't, I believe, if this doesn't have the same weight, the same ramifications as what happened with affirmative action, that is just yet another example of how America is two-sided. It is the side of the ones with power, and it's the side of the ones that don't have power. And the ones with power want to make sure that the ones without power never have any more power. And it's not about... And it's not about right now, right? It's not about something that's going on right now. They are trying to put in stuff that is going to affect your kids' kids. It may not have nothing to do with you. And that's the thing about the Supreme Court justices that I don't even get. Fucking Clarence Thomas is 75. He's never going to have to deal with any of the things that he is striking down. That is just ass backwards to me. Look it up. Look up how long chief justices and like just justices of the supreme court stay in office just look at that like i mentioned earlier the records revealed that 70 percent of harvard's donor related and legacy applicants are white and being a legacy student makes the applicant roughly six times more likely to be admitted come on man the complaint alleges that howard that harvard's Legacy uh, preference has nothing to do with merit and takes away slots from qualified students of color. Man, I just man, like it's just really it's just real hard to ignore the elephant in the room, and I just feel like that's what a lot of politics does. This is just to make sure that a lot of the people. Who would have normally gotten a shot won't get a shot. If you know me, I'm a huge advocate for schools, for going to school. And hear me when I say this. I cannot make this shit. I cannot say this any plainly than I can. If you are a black person and you aren't in school yet, if you are planning to go to school, your first bet should be looking at HBCUs. That should be your first thing that you do. 
I 100% agree. I don't give a damn about what y'all, what all the negativity people got to say about HBCUs. I don't give a shit. I don't care. You got to try an HBCU first because the HBCU understands. Boom, boom, boom. In your old head. Understands the plight of being black in America. Everywhere else you go, it because of this ruling, it's a chance you may not even cross the doorstep. If you are of a certain culture. And this is clear. And this is coming from someone that had to make that decision. I got accepted into a predominantly white institution and HBCU. And I chose the HBCU against the wishes of a lot of people. And it is was one of the greatest decisions I have ever made. And I will make it again. I continue to make it. I'm getting my master's at HBCU. Shout out to Alcorn. But, man, it's hard to ignore this, dog. It's hard to ignore this. So, if you aren't in school right now and you're considering going to school, heed my warnings. If you are of a certain gender, race, creed, nationality, look at the HBCUs first. And I'm not saying that HBCUs ain't gonna be the one ain't gonna do this either, but just from my experience, I feel like they're the least likely to. I'm just saying, and we're just gonna keep it a hundred with each other. Man, it's some bullshit, bro. This is some bullshit. And just when you thought shit couldn't get more bananas than that. Let me tell you what's happening in France, game bomb. Man. So, if you haven't heard, France is in a huge uproar. I'm talking about they've had seven, eight nights of just civic unrest. 45,000 police officers deployed in France. 427 people arrested hundreds of people mourning what all of this is going down in france and most people in america probably have no idea but why did this happen shit is going down in france because a 17 year old was killed killed by police a delivery driver of african descent was killed by a police officer during a traffic stop. The kid, according to the article, was declared dead at 9.15 a.m. His left arm and chest had been pierced from left to right by a single shot fired before the yellow Mercedes he was driving then slammed into barriers on the Nelson Mandela Square. I don't know. I can't necessarily say that this has been an influence, but what happened to this 17-year-old kid is as American as apple pie. But the unrest is on nuclear levels. They t- I'm talking more than 200 cities and towns reported arson attacks on public vehicles, vehicle fire clashes with police and all six nights of different of just unrest the violence 
was just nationwide. You know what I mean? Because people saw that. And nowhere in anywhere did they think that this was okay. Now, I hear that this video, and I purposefully did not watch the video because I wanted to watch it, if I could find it, live for y'all. All right? I believe that this is it. The New York Times has something. Is this it? I don't think that is it, but this that is a video of what is going on currently. As you can hear, it's fireworks and things like that. Is this no, this is the video. This is the witness recorded video. First time I've ever seen this. So Starting off the video, we have a yellow car and we have what looks like two police officers on the outside of the car. I want to say one has his gun drawn already. Yep, one has his gun drawn. Another one is leaning inside the car. Okay. Come on, man. This is podcasting, uh, sir, ma'am, or sir, ma'am, or sir. So we're doing stuff in the moment. And the video is kind of, kind of hazy. But needless to say. Needless to say. A lot of them people in Paris and in France. I said in Paris and in France. And in France, which is in Paris, are completely, completely upset about what happened. Now, just reading the article, it says a police officer who shot and killed a teenage driver setting off riding in French cities was detained on Thursday on charges of voluntary homicide. But it was unclear if the officer's detention will calm the widespread uh, anger against the police, which has been simmering for years in France's poor urban countries. The teenager who was killed has been identified as only as Nahel M., a French citizen of Algerian and Moroccan descent. Man, this is just it's crazy. To think, and this is the world we're talking about. So just when you think shit was just crazy over there in America when it comes to just injustice, this shit is also going on in Paris, my nigga. So we're talking, we got a a quote from David Lisnard, the head of Association of France Mayors. Appeal for a calm after meeting with the prime minister and the heads of other groups of elected officials. He said, and I quote, only justice will bring answers and peace, he said. Those who are responsible for violence and destroying their own neighborhoods. I don't want to hear that shit. The thing that will make sure this doesn't happen is change behavior. Change what the fuck is happening. And I guarantee you this won't happen. Like, I just don't understand. Even Martin Luther King himself said that riots are just actions of the unheard. You know what I mean? Like, with and that's that's some American shit too. We're too busy focusing on the aftermath, but you wouldn't have the aftermath if you were doing what the fuck you were supposed to do in the beginning. I don't give a damn about these burning buildings, none of that shit. I don't care. Cause you can rebuild a building, you can't relive, relive, relive a life, my nigga. Like you can't, you can't do that. 
And I'm looking at some of the videos, and they tearing it the shit out there in, in France. There's cars on fire. I mean, there's people being, I, yeah, man, it's just crazy out there. It's crazy out there. Liberty, equality, and fraternity. The lofty ideals to which France has long aspired are embossed on coins and carved above school doors across the land. Yet, they are the polar opposite of what some free people who are black or brown saw in the video of the police officer shooting um, the 17-year-old. Man. Among the factors being blamed and hotly disputed are problems both old and new. Racism in police ranks and French society more broadly. Poverty made more desperate by rising costs, costs related to the war in Ukraine. Decades of urban neglect. Breakdowns in marriages and parental authority and the ripples of a COVID-19 pandemic. Young teenagers whose schooling was interrupted by virus curfews and teaching Shutdowns were among those smashing, burning, stealing, and fighting with police and revealing in the mayhem on social media. The Associated Press also said also has a, a, a section of the article saying how to tackle racism when it can't be measured. Measuring the scale of racism and in racial inequality in France is complicated by its official policy of colorblindness which strict limits on data that can be collected for critics that guiding that guiding philosophy has made the state oblivious to discrimination france's census has no questions about race and ethnicity i feel like that's very interesting and i'm gonna say this before we go into the break i feel like that's very interesting to hear because at the same time just earlier we we're talking about how affirmative action basically requires places to be colorblind quote-unquote in france who has an official policy of colorblindness is dealing with the fact that it has no questions about race or ethnicity or the fact that these people are feeling dissatisfied and has been feeling dissatisfied and been feeling taken advantage of for years this all goes back to policy so if you don't think your vote matters wherever the hell you at, this is it. This is t showing you that your vote matters. Because if you don't have a say so in the policy, they can do whatever the fuck they want to do to you. And they'll justify it. And they'll call you crazy if you don't get down for it. That's just what it is. Get your ass up and vote. We're going to take a quick pause for the cause. When we get back, we got to talk about student loan forgiveness. And we're going to dive into Ron DeSantis. This is going to be a very political style episode. So make sure you strap yourself in because, ladies and gentlemen, if you did not know, you are listening to Life is Blue Variety Show. Welcome to Life is Blue. We are the leading podcast that provides the most up-to-date news, entertainment, and stories. Our podcast offers something for everyone, which makes us the perfect choice for advertisers. Advertisers will gain access to our large network of listeners and potential customers. We give you the opportunity to target your desired audience and make sure your product or service gets the attention it deserves. Our competitive rates makes us the perfect choice for businesses looking to reach a wide audience. Plus, you'll get access to our dedicated support team. 
who are available seven days a week to help you get the best results from your advertising campaigns. Don't miss out on this amazing opportunity to reach new customers and promote your business. Contact us today for more information about your advertising packages. Thank you for considering Life is Blue for your advertising needs. All right, man. Salute to Eternal Events Coordinating. If you're looking to make your special moments truly unforgettable, look no further than Eternal Events. From the tender exchange of vows to the joyous celebration of a new life and everything in between, Eternal Events can help you celebrate and cherish all of life's milestones. Whether you're planning an intimate anniversary dinner or dreaming of a grand fairy tale wedding, Eternal Events is your lifelong partner in creating magical experiences from start to finish. They specialize in curating unforgettable moments that will be etched in your heart forever. I know the owner very well and she has a passion for perfection and a knack for detail. She will ensure that every aspect of your event is flawlessly executed. Get your events planned by Eternal Events, man. I know you're sick of getting Little Caesars and ice cream and calling it a day. Level yourself up. Make sure you tell them Chris sent you. Go to Eternal Events for all your event needs. Be sure to follow them on Instagram at Eternal Events Coordinating and on Facebook at Eternal Events. And if you have any inquiries, you can email them at EternalEventsCoordinating at gmail.com or visit their website in their bio. Life is Blue Variety Show. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. We're back, we're back, we're back. Yet another episode of Life is Blue, the variety show. And I am your host, Chris Blue. So, before we went to the break, I said that we were going to talk about student loan forgiveness. Now, if you did not know, student loan forgiveness, uh, Joe Biden basically put forth a $400 billion plan to cancel or reduce federal student loan debts for millions of America Americans. Something that I'm pretty sure would help people on both sides, uh, conservative or liberal, whatever the hell you believe in. I'm pretty sure you can probably benefit from the $400 billion plan. But the Supreme Court effectively killed that for the president. I don't know about y'all, but the Supreme Court has been on bullshit for the last few years. Um, yeah. Let's listen. Let's 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 listen into some of the stuff. Actually, we're not gonna listen into some of the stuff because this is just live from when it happened. But it already happened. The Supreme Court ruling was blunt in rejecting Biden's plan. Six states sued, arguing that the Heroes Act does not authorize the loan cancellation plan. Uh, the president said that he would work towards a new path of student loan debt, whatever, yada, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. But like I mentioned earlier, if you, if 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 you're a president, it don't matter what the fuck you think. It don't. If you do not have control in that Senate or in that damn House or most likely both, it's not gonna happen. When they first said this shit was gonna happen, I already knew this shit won't gonna happen. I already knew it won't because at the same time there's people who don't give a damn about your plight. They don't care. They don't care that it's going to take mostly the majority of your life to pay back that student loan debt if something does not happen. They, they know this. They know this, but they don't give a damn. Joe Biden tried to rally people up. The fight isn't over. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because as long as we have... A majority conservative of conservative everything in America. As long as white supremacy is where it's at, as long as power is more important 
than the likelihood and the tranquility of most Americans. Nothing is going to happen. And if it does, it's going to fluctuate. It's never going to be a consistent page we're on. It's never going to be that way. I just don't see it happening. It's always going to fluctuate good and bad. This shit might happen, but then we might have something along the, along the lines in the future where we can just slash like $10,000 in debt because some some president got in and made it happen and he just happened to have the majority in the Senate or whatever the hell. Like, it's always going to be a fluctuation, so we just got to take the L's and just... And just make sure that we fucking vote. Like I can't. I keep saying this, but just make sure you vote, man. I can't stress this shit enough. Everybody who had a say so in this shit was voted into office. Everyone who had something to do with this eventually had to get voted into that position. We do the damn voting. In some shape or another, we do the voting. A lot of the damn Supreme Court justices are appointed, but we vote the person in that votes for them. You see what I'm saying? Like, it, it's so deep that if you just say fuck it and we just gonna vote in one part of the of of whenever and just when the president, you really are wasting the vote. And that's just what it is. Reading some more of the article, the president said he will work towards a new path. Of student debt relief using the Higher Education Act, which he called the best path that remains to provide as many borrowers as possible with debt relief. He also moved to create an on-ramp that would help ease the risk of default for students who fail to make payments when the current pause ends. I mean, again, vote, damn it, vote. Let's start looking into some of the shit that justice said. Justice Elena Elena Kagan wrote in dissent, joined by the court's other two liberals, that the majority of the court overrides the combined judgment of the legislative and executive branches, and with the consequence of eliminating loan forgiveness for 43 million Americans. Roberts, perhaps anticipating negative public reaction and aware of the declining approval of the court, Added to add an unusual coda to his opinion, one of Roberts being one of the justices, cautioning that liberal dissent should not be mistaken for disparagement on the court itself. So he basically saying that ain't got nothing to do with us. We just fucking y'all over, but they ain't got nothing to do with us. But he said it is important that the public not be misled either. Any such misperception would be harmful to this institution and our country. Shut again. I am not liberal well i am not um republican and i am not democrat i don't give a damn about that but i can say i'm liberal i'm definitely liberal for sure because i just feel like conservative is just a new age way of saying racist but because some of the shit some of the shit i just hear conservative people say it's like man what the what is wrong with you like like you see what i'm saying like are we back are we back in the 60s like what are you like for real now I do have some conservative, some conservative thoughts. I do believe that uh, guns should be available to people. I don't think everybody should get one, but guns should be available. You should have the right to own a weapon. You should also have the right to have a business and you know whatever. You know, capitalism is the American way, and I can't speak but so bad about capitalism because 
hey, that's just what American is. America is. But and honestly, we're gonna be real. Most of the black leaders, they said all they had to say about racism. Didn't nobody give a damn. But the moment they said something about capitalism, they ass had to go. That's all I'm gonna say. So I'm not gonna say nothing too much about capitalism because I'd be a hypocrite. But at the same time, if we wasn't such a capitalistic place, I guarantee you. The majority of the shit and the majority of laws that we have in place would actually maybe sort of kind of, I don't know, actually the fucking fucking benefit some of the American people. Most of the American people, if not all, if we wasn't such a capitalist country. But I digress. Um, Biden went on to blame Republican officials for causing the dispute. They had no problem with billions of pandemic related loans to businesses, which is fucking true. And those loans were forgiven. A lot of PPP loans were forgiven. And a lot of them took out those loans. But when it came to providing relief to millions of hardworking Americans, they did everything in their power to stop it. And I believe, I actually agree with Joe Biden with that. I actually very much agree with him with that because it, it's, it's, the, it's the most typical critical shit ever. It's, it's power. It's power. It's power. If you didn't get anything from this episode in its nature, it's power. Politics is not about doing what's right for the country. I was a dumbass at one point. I literally believed that these people were making decisions on behalf of the country. No, hell no. They are making decisions on behalf of their group. They are looking out for their circle. As long as nobody in their immediate circle has to deal with any of this shit, they smooth. They don't give a damn if their circle is a microcosm of what the hell is actually going on in America. None of that. They don't give a damn. No fucks are given at all. Wow. 26 million people had applied for that relief. And 43 million would have been eligible, the administration said. The cost was going to be $400 billion over 30 years. This is just sad, man. This is just sad. And the last, the, I mean, the Supreme Court justices that we have right now have been just completely trash. And I'm sorry, just, I'm sorry for the ones that's actually trying something out here, but they just, they just been completely trash, man. And just completely facilitated the point that I've been making is that this is all about power. And if you didn't think this was about power yet, if for some odd reason, you did not think that this you you're still on the fence. Let's say you're still on the fence and you don't think that a lot of things that happen in politics are about power. Let me just tell you some of the shit that Governor Ron DeSantis said he would do if he was elected president. Republican presidential candidate Ron DeSantis suggested that he will eliminate a number of government agencies during the interview on Wednesday. DeSantis said that he would eliminate, if he was president, he would eliminate the Department of Education. He would eliminate the Department of Commerce, the Department of Energy, and he would eliminate the IRS. <sighs> Needless to say, a lot of these governmental programs help people, especially, especially the Department of Education. 
I'm not surprised that that moved up because Ron DeSantis have been taking shots at education and what people are learning in classrooms and schools for years now. So I'm not at all surprised. At all surprised at what the hell he said. Let's actually listen to this report. Ron DeSantis now officially in the race. DeSantis chose to make the announcement on Twitter during a conversation in Twitter spaces with the company's head, Elon Musk. I pledge to be an energetic executive that will take on the important issues. However, the announcement did not go completely as planned. The first 20 minutes of the scheduled conversation was delayed due to a series of technical glitches. Former President Trump was quick to hit DeSantis, calling his campaign launch a disaster. But DeSantis' campaign is saying that the positives outweigh the negatives, touting the millions of listeners that have tuned into the conversation since its original broadcast. On top of that, the campaign said it raised $1 million alone in the first one hour of the campaign. And the campaign late. Yeah. So Ron DeSantis is building up steam. And he's being completely candid with everyone when saying that, yeah, I'm taking out all of this shit. And all of this, as he says in this interview, he said that he is going to use those agencies to push back against woke ideology and against leftism that we see creeping into all institutions of American life. Yeah. Of course, he wants to get rid of the IRS because the IRS makes you pay fucking taxes. Especially if you have if you get a certain amount of bread, you have to pay more in taxes. So I'm not even surprised he said he want to do that. All of this is clearly for a certain demographic of people. All of this is clearly for a certain mind frame of people. So if you are a dumbass like I was, and you really believe there's some this stuff that's happening in America. is solely for America's well-being, you are going to be sadly mistaken. And if you have not registered to vote, pause this shit and look up your nearest voting location and make a plan to do so. I'll wait for you. Go ahead, you ain't bothering me. Go, go. You got it? Okay. Make a plan to go your ass out there and vote. Because if you don't, if you don't, you're basically going to be held to the whim of people like Mr. DeSantis. I mean, excuse me, Mr. DeSantis. I'm sorry for those that don't understand politics. If you don't, if you don't understand, I got you. Trust me. Within this podcast itself, I'm going to make sure that you understand politics down to the minute level. Because I don't particularly give a damn about politics. But politics is said by the late Fred Hampton, who was killed by some shit the government did. Fred Hampton said that politics is war without bloodshed. And that's exactly what it is. Become a part of the war. Or become a casualty of war. It's that simple. It's 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 just that simple. So with that being said, we're gonna take one more pause for the cause. We're gonna get right back. We're gonna 
do the mindful moment and send you guys out of here because if you did not know for some reason if you had not heard if for some reason you was under a rock you were listening to life is blue variety show Attention, Cleveland, 27 kids missing between May 2nd and May 16th. Chief Majoi warns, unprecedented levels. We can't ignore this. Predators disguised as innocent individuals. Our kids are at risk. Act now. Protect them. Spread the word. Use hashtag Cleveland27. Let's make their faces known. Tips needed. Contact authorities with any information. Our children. Our future. United, we can make a difference. Political Awareness In an era where information is readily available and the world is more interconnected than ever before, our role as engaged citizens hold immeasurable significance. Being politically aware is not a choice. It is our responsibility. It is our duty to ourselves and our communities and our future generations. So why is being politically aware so vital? The answer lies in the profound impact that it has on our lives and the society we inhabit. Politics, in its essence, shapes the very fabric of our existence. It determines the laws we live by, the quality of education our children receive, the state of our economy, the social justice we seek, everything. It influences decisions made on health care, environmental policies, and foreign relations. Politics touches every aspect of our lives, whether we recognize it or not. Political awareness allows us to navigate the complexities of the world with clarity and purpose. By staying informed and engaged, we can actively participate in shaping our collective destiny. We become empowered individuals equipped with the knowledge to make informed choices and voice our concerns. Our awareness transforms us from mere spectators to agents of change. Moreover, political awareness is essential to protect and preserve the democratic values we hold dear. Democracy thrives on the engaged and informed citizenry. It relies on the active participation of individuals who hold their leaders accountable, demand transparency, and champion justice. When we remain politically aware, we safeguard the principles of democracy from eroding forces. By being politically aware, we contribute to the advancement of our society. We become the driving force behind progress and positive transformation. Our informed voices can shape policies that address social equalities, combat justice, and promote inclusivity. History is replete with examples of individuals and communities who, through their political awareness, have brought about remarkable change and created a better future for all. However, political awareness is not a solitary pursuit. It thrives on a collective engagement and open dialogue. By actively listening to diverse perspectives and engaging in respectful discussions, we can bridge the gap that divides us. Political awareness fosters empathy, empathy that fuels collaboration and unity. It allows us to find common ground and work towards solutions that benefit everyone. But in a world that is not trying to benefit everyone, it must be used to understand just the magnitude of how disrespectful, of how People of a certain class and boundary may look at you. So being political aware is making sure that people aren't playing in your face. In a world inundated with information, 
It is crucial to distinguish between credible sources and misinformation. Political awareness demands critical thinking and commitment to the truth. It requires us to verify facts, question assumptions, and seek multiple perspectives. When we arm ourselves with accurate knowledge, we become more immune to the manipulation of falsehoods and propaganda. My people, being politically aware is not an obligation solely for those in positions of power. It is the right, the fucking right and responsibility of each and every one of us. We have the power to shape the world around us through our informed choices, actions, and engagement. Embrace the responsibility of with enthusiasm and commitment. Please, I urge all of you to be politically aware, to stay informed and actively participate in political processes that define our lives, not just the damn presidential election. Let us inspire each of us to be engaged citizens who never shy away from holding our leaders accountable. Together, we can build a future that's not just inclusive, but prosperous for all of us. And remember, our collective power lies in our political awareness. Use it wisely and responsibly. That's the mindful moment for this week. Welcome to Life is Blue. We are the leading podcast that provides the most up-to-date news, entertainment, and stories. Our podcast offers something for everyone, which makes us the perfect choice for advertisers. Advertisers will gain access to our large network of listeners and potential customers. We give you the opportunity to target your desired audience and make sure your product or service gets the attention it deserves. Our competitive rates makes us the perfect choice for businesses looking to reach a wide audience. Plus, you'll get access to our dedicated support team who are available seven days a week to help you get the best results from your advertising campaigns. Don't miss out on this amazing opportunity to reach new customers and promote your business. Contact us today for more information about your advertising packages. Thank you for considering Life is Blue for your advertising needs. Life is Blue Variety Show. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, and we're back. I really hope that not only did you get something from the mindful moment, I really hope that you got something from this entire episode because these people are playing in our face. These people are doing this stuff and they're hoping that individuals like you and I are oblivious. So when shit just happens all of a sudden, we're like, oh, man, what happened? But it was a lead up. It was a build up. It was a lot of stuff that happened that we could have done something in between time. But we are choosing not to. And it's not because we're choosing not to. It's that we're misinformed. We don't know that we don't know the impact of what we do. We don't know. So, of course, of course, it's going to it's going to sound like we are not aware. It's going to sound like we are completely not caring about what's going on because at the end of the day, we just don't know. Not with me. You're going to know. If you want to keep knowing. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at I am CJ Blue. Make sure you follow the podcast itself on Instagram at Life is Blue Pod. Make sure you follow me on Facebook at Chris Blue Comedy. Make sure you follow the podcast on Facebook at Life is Blue Pod. And make sure you follow me on TikTok at I am CJ Blue. Ladies and gentlemen, I know this episode was very political. And if you don't know anything about politics, you probably like what the hell. But hopefully, and my goal is to make it actual consumable of people like me and you so we can actually become more politically aware and make sure our kids kids don't got to deal with the bullshit because right now supreme court tripping paris tripping everybody tripping i'm tripping just motherfuckers tripping so if you don't want to keep tripping 
Stay tuned in with your boy. But it's time to get up out here, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you vote. Find your nearest polling location. Vote. Vote in some shit, not just a presidential election. Make sure you wash your face, brush your teeth, wash your ass. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen.